let me say something. You have three, about four. The fourth one is you don't see it a whole lot. You see it here a little bit and others. But it's three major ways in which God heals you. There are subways, but those subways in which God, subways, those subcategories in which uh, God heals you, Jesus never used it. So, 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 you know, I preach healing and, and I got too many people trying to tell me about vegetables and, and alkaline water and exercise. There's nothing wrong with that. How many know when you exercise, you feel better. When you exercise, you burn fat. We all understand that exercise and diet are one of the main ways that prevent you from getting sick. But the problem is, is that a lot of sickness does not come from diet. It comes from the devil. How many times did Jesus heal someone and it was because of a demonic spirit? You understand what I'm saying? The same demon spirits that a lot of people don't believe in. And that's why you can't get healing because you don't even believe in the source of it. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. So, so I understand. How many know when Jesus prayed for people? How many know the Bible does not say lay hands on the sick and then tell them to convert to a vegetable diet. If you are sick, Call for those that are elders in the church and let them bring the anointing oil and let them lay and, and, and put it on you. And after that, start drinking alkaline water. Can y'all see that? How I many know there's nothing wrong with alkaline water? There's nothing wrong with all of these other fruit juices. And I'm putting 15 variations in everything. I'm getting confused on the health side now. And, and I'll do the best that I can do. You should exercise. Yes, the healing of the trees, the healing of the nations in the trees. There's always a healing property in trees. There are even some pharmaceutical medications that you can take. They don't heal you, but they'll produce a mild effect. They can clear certain things up. Sometimes, every once in a while, somebody, you can get a steroid shot. or You know, you know what I'm saying? You take aspirin because you got a headache. or I'm not against any of that type of stuff until you start to live off of it. So always remember this. Men have, men have their results. And then God has his results. And when God tells you about his results, he will always disrespect man's result. Because man's result always has some type of side effect. It always has some type of loophole. It always has some type of, if it doesn't work out, something might happen. God's ways are what? Perfect. Okay? So the issue is, is to stay on point with that. Luke 5, 18, let's go. Pay attention to all of this. I'm going to give you the exact formula. The Holy Spirit gave this to me. And I knew all of this, but the way he gave it to me was just excellent. Luke 5, 18 through 25. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Pay attention to this verse. What is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, 
picked up his mat and went home praising God. Okay? One thing that you must remember is that in the mind of God, sin and sickness are two evil twins. Always remember that. He does not see a difference. Sin and sickness are a set of twins to God. And so that's why you see in the scripture, what did Jesus say? He said, what difference does it make if I tell him to be healed or his sins are forgiven? Because when your sins are forgiven, the automatic side effect is that your sickness must now disappear. Remember, Adam is the one, the Bible says, in Adam all men die, and in Christ all men are made alive. In Adam all men became sick or susceptible to sickness and disease, and in Christ all men can be healed from what Adam called us to be susceptible to. Okay? If there is no sin, there is no sickness and disease. Follow me for a moment. If Adam never sins, what disappears off the planet? Everything. If Adam never sinned, there is no sickness and disease. You don't even know what it is. You couldn't even comprehend being sick if he did not sin. He opened up the door, sin opened up the door, and then when sin opened up the door, sickness came in, disease came in, the demons came in, poverty came in, hatred came in, all of the type of stuff came in. If you get rid of sin, you get rid of sickness and disease. If you get rid of sickness and disease, you've gotten rid of every doctor, you've gotten rid of every nurse, you've gotten rid of vitamins, you've gotten rid of pharmaceutical medication, you've gotten rid of aspirin, you've gotten rid of the gym, you've gotten rid of every hospital, you've gotten rid of the insurance companies, you've gotten rid of all of the companies that make metal supplies for the hospitals. Y'all see what just disappeared? If I keep on going just for a moment, if you get rid of sin, you also get rid of the government, you get rid of the police department, you get rid of the fire department, you get rid of the military, you get rid of the banking system, you get rid of even the way that you look. You actually get rid of everything. You get rid of Listerine, you get rid of the glasses, your clothes are not even that way, your hair texture. The Bible says that when sin came in, death came in with it. So regardless to how beautiful you think this planet is, regardless to how beautiful you think your outfit is, regardless to how beautiful you think flowers are, it's actually a form of death. Because God's glory is so magnificent that even when it dies, it still looks glorious. Okay, that's a deeper point. But the point that I'm making is, before I get off track, like I said, I wouldn't. In the mind of God, sickness is one, disease is the other. He sees them the same. It's a set of twins to him, and both must be destroyed. The first twin that came out was sin, and the second one that came out was called sickness. And so if you get rid of the sin, how many of you know? You get rid of the sickness. So once your sins are forgiven in God's mind, the sickness must go too, because it is wrong for the sickness to exist from a man that's not righteous. You understand what I'm saying? James 5.14, so you see it here again. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. There it is again. And then he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So you see that again. You want healing, and God says, okay, you want healing, but we're going to forgive you of your sins too. See how they go hand in hand? So from now on, guess what you should be doing when you lead someone to Christ? You lead them to Christ, and you ask them to forgive them of their sins, and when they make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, then, then the tandem that goes with that, Father, and now that my sins are forgiven, and now that I'm made righteous, it is now illegal for me to be sick. 
So I receive healing into my body now because a righteous man in the kingdom of God is not allowed to be sick. See, if you do that in the beginning, they never got time to get to church and hear all of the unbelief. Kenneth Hagin taught us that. He said the people that get healed the quickest are the ones on the street, not the ones in the church. Because we got too many variations. <clears throat> so y'all ready for the formula? So it's very important for you to recognize that. Is that you got your salvation, but now you got to get the other one. Numbers 21, 4 through 9. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey. And they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. Stop what you're complaining, folk. Your complaining draws this type of atmosphere, verse 6. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. As he's praying for the people, the Lord then gave him the remedy. The Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. How many know? The last thing you want to see is the thing that makes you sick. But that's the first rule. In order for you to be healed, you're going to always have to face the very thing that you are afraid of. Most people don't want to face their sickness and disease. They're afraid of it. They have cancer. They actually will try to pretend like it's not there. They're talking cold. I can always tell. Let me tell you something. Regardless to the words that are coming out of your mouth, I can see. There's a scripture that says, can you not taste what's the words that are coming out of your mouth? Your ears can actually taste the words that are coming out of someone's mouth. They say it, but you can tell they don't believe it. You understand what I'm saying? So he, I want you to think about something. You get bit by a poisonous snake. You're getting ready to die. And then God tells you, in order to be healed, I'm going to make you look at the poisonous snake. Snakes are never used in scripture as a positive thing, folk. But in order for you to be healed of anything, you are going to have to face the very thing that you think is going to kill you. You're going to have to look at it and say, I am not afraid because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing. You've got to look at what you are afraid of. Here's the second. This is going to be strange. You must determine if you need a new body part or if sickness and disease needs to be removed. Matthew 8, 1 through 3. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Well, this is always instant. Mark 10, 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said, come up. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat because he knew that he was no longer going to be blind. He jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. The blind man said, I want to see. Jesus said, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. So, first thing is, you got to face the fear and say, you know what, you're not going to kill me. Second thing is, you have to determine the method that you want to be healed. People are like, you can't do that. Read the Bible. Every single person, almost, that got healed by Jesus, they were the one that demanded how it happened. If I touch his clothes, I'll be healed. If I see you, 
Y'all got me? It's very, very simple. One of the things the Lord told me is the one, one of the main reasons why people are not getting healed is the body of Christ has done too much. There's nothing like a good healing conference that by the time it's over, you're more confused than when the conference started. Like I told you, you don't need to meet for five days about two plus two equals four. Pick one. Now let me say, I wouldn't go going down this route. People have been, that have been caught up to heaven said one of the things that really alarmed them is when angels took them to these warehouses that went on forever. And when the angels took them in the warehouse, they said it alarmed them because all they were looking at was body parts. And they're like, why do y'all have body parts in heaven? And the angels tell him, it's amazing how when you go to heaven, they speak like, to you like you the dummy for asking. And angels like, duh. They said, these are the spare parts for people who get in faith if they need a new heart, if they need a new kidney, if they need a new liver, they need a new stomach, if they need a new brain. He said, people said that they saw eyeballs sitting there for blind people who did not have eye sockets. And so what happens is that when you get in faith, that thing is transferred into your body and you have new kidneys. You have new intestines. I mean, in scripture, you know, I mean, and this, and this happens, you know, I got cussed out by an atheist when I told him I've actually seen body parts grow, uh, grow out. Ooh, he did not like it because atheists don't like the supernatural. That man cussed me. He cussed me worse than a demon cussed me out. He, that man cussed me out for a long time, you know, because people want proof of their unbelief. A lot of church folk want proof of their unbelief. I've had to argue with more church folk about healing because God didn't heal them. Well, did you assume that you were doing something wrong? Okay. But, but body parts can grow out. A person can have a new leg. A person can have a new foot. I've seen some of that stuff, even in our own midst. Okay? So you have to determine how you want to be healed, and you have to make the determination. Do I need something to leave my body, or do I need a body part replaced? Y'all got me. Because many of you may have been told by a doctor, your kidneys are shot. They might have told you, you have a hole in your heart. Y'all follow me? Y'all a little too quiet like this is, this is not a story. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You, you, and whatever the doctor said, you didn't have to say, that's the wrong answer. That's what you saw on your telescope. <laughs> I know it's not a telescope. That's what you saw. One angel told, uh, the angel told one person, they said, in planet Earth, they said, whenever you buy an item, don't they always make spare parts in case one goes bad? Determine if you need a new body part or if sickness and disease needs to leave your body. Y'all got that? Third, pick one of the three methods that you want to be healed. We ain't talking about your vegetable diet. We ain't talking about the herbs that you're still smoking. We're not talking about alkaline water and we're not talking about exercise. All of those things are wonderful except for the herb that you smoke. All of those things are wonderful and have a benefit and can prevent you from being sick. But those things don't always work. Some of the people that can sometimes get quick, the sickest are the vegetarians. I've seen it. You switch over to a vegetarian, oh, you got cancer just like me, huh? <laughs> Y'all, let me say something. My wife and I were part of a, still are part of a wonderful health company, and they brought out something to us 10 years ago. They said today, because the, the, the ground is so messed up by what the farmers are doing, they said, this is not an exaggeration, and I'm going to under-exaggerate because I can't remember the exact number. 
they said it would take 24 servings of spinach today to get the nutrients found in one serving of spinach 100 years ago. Because that's how, in the scripture it says, use the grand ground for six years and then let it rest for the seven. Okay? But these guys, they're adding steroids to the ground. ground. You know, kids coming out the womb 15, 20 pounds because they eat McDonald's. All Y'all, if you, if you put a product in an animal that makes it grow really fast, and then you eat that animal, <laughs> you know, start to say something, but somebody might take that the wrong way. Okay, so all those things are nice. Exercise, drink water, makes you feel better. You know, the leaner you are, the more energy you have. Always remember this, you all, I'm, I'm back at the gym now myself. You don't, you wanna learn how to get this weight off. I know people don't like to hear that, okay? But get that weight off. If I want you to imagine, if you're carrying, whatever, put it this way, go to the gym and pick up a 30 pound weight. And, um, and then, and then, how would you feel if you had to pick up a 30-pound weight and no matter what you do all day long, you got to hold that weight? When you're driving, you got to hold it. When you're sleeping, you got to put it on your chest. When you're walking, you got to carry it. When you're doing your activities, taking a bath, you always got that 30-pound weight. That's how it is when you're carrying extra weight. And I know people don't like to hear that, but y'all, you'd be surprised how when you start getting rid of that, never mind, I'm slowing down because I feel people want me to move to the next point. So I'm going to move to the next point. <laughs> Whenever I start slowing down like that, it's opposition from people in the audience that don't want to hear that. I mean, y'all, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. But let me tell you something that some of you may not be ready to hear. For many of us, it is Satan that is behind us not working out. They have to work a formula to get you over in the category of sickness and disease. If we can't get you to confess it, well, maybe what we can do is to get you into habits. You know, maybe we can get you into eating things. And, and it's a formula. These things are intelligent. Maybe we can just convince you to stay up because we know that if you don't get proper rest, that'll birth it. We can just get you to hold and carry stress. And it's always a formula. And you do have to practice these natural things. Pick, especially nowadays, let me tell you something. There's an, the last day church is going to have to be in shape. Okay, not all of them, but particularly for the ones you're talking about you want to be used by God. Y'all, what I, what, I, what I prophesied over Mozart, some of the stuff that's coming upon us, we're going to have to be in shape, y'all. You know why? Because there are so many men, there are thousands of leaders that have disobeyed God. Thousands of leaders that have set down God's blueprint. Thousands of leaders that don't want to do it God's way. So the Lord has to set them aside and give us their anointings. Today is the day when men have the ability to do something like they are more than one man. Pick one of the three methods. Let's get back. For y'all be, I can't believe he told me to go to the gym. I didn't tell you to go to the gym. You got to force it, okay? You, no, I ain't going to move past that. One of these days, you should just look up the health benefits of that. You should, you should look up the health benefits of that. You know, here's the... I'm frozen right now. We all want to be in shape. 
You know what I'm saying? Your, your graduation coming from 30 years ago, your whatever they call them things. Reunion, not graduation. And here you are trying to fast your way into a new dress. <laughs> oh, I've done that a couple of times too. Gained some pounds I shouldn't have gained, and none of my suits fit. I don't want to wear no jeans again this weekend, so I'm sitting up here trying to eat no food, thinking I'm going to slim down 10 pounds, and, and then by Friday night, I'm so frustrated you're going to eat a whole pizza. And then you come up here bloated. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real, but I'm just saying, y'all, if you want longevity, if you want health, if you want clarity, the body, then people love to quote that scripture. Bodily exercise profit is little. Read the rest. It says, but godliness is great gain because it's profitable to all things. So the Bible says that bodily exercise profit is little because you can only apply to the human body and the mind. But it says godliness is profitable to all because it can be applied to everything. Don't look for reasons to do the minimum. Pay the price to get the maximum. Because guess what? You'll be happy at the end. Sitting on Google, all of these movie stars who got these chiseled bodies. That's supposed to be you. The Christians are supposed to be the best looking ones on the planet. You know, hey, oh God, this might get me kicked out the church. Oh man, can I just keep it real? If, we, if the church doesn't keep it real, it's not just evangelism that wins the loss. Sometimes evangelism is the car that you drive in. A friend of mine used to have a Ferrari. He would let me drive it. Do you realize how many people I got to come to church because they were looking at the car? I had somebody bless me with a car. It was a luxury car. And there was a, some of y'all have heard the story of Bob who gave his life to Christ because he could not believe that someone had blessed me with a car. He was always making fun of me until I drove that car <laughs> in the manager spot so they would have to call me and say, who is parked in the manager spot? Oh, I'm sorry. That's me, dog. I'll come and move. I didn't have as much humility back then. I'm humble now. But back then, you know, you get a brand new car, man. You're prideful, man. You, you know, you're, you're, uh, yeah, you look at me. So I wasn't completely delivered back then. Bob saw that car. He said, what is that? I said, somebody blessed me. He said, what? And I told him, you know, somebody blessed me with the car. He said, let me get this right. Somebody gave you that car. I said, yes. Hey, he walked away. This is not, this is not, I'm not exaggerating. This one out. He came back five minutes later. He said, you going to church Sunday? <laughs> said, yeah. He said, I'll be there. I got there on time, but he was mad because he was there early. The dude was on the outside of the church steps looking for me. When you invite somebody to church, please be the first one there. Amen. That's how many times we've called to a first-time visitor. Who invited you? Such, such, such. Where are they at? They're not here yet. Oh, God help us today, Father, Holy Ghost, and all of the angels in heaven. He's waiting on the steps, upset. Sat in the service with me. Altar call came. No hesitation. First one at the altar. And the last time I checked him, he was singing in the ch church choir. And the crazy thing is, as this was, he was, a, he was a white brother at a predominantly black church. Because when they find God, race don't matter. Quit trying to do all of that. Everybody is crazy and everybody wants God. Y'all know what I'm saying? Where was I going with that? Yeah, so sometimes it's a car. And then sometimes I worked at... I, don't, I just realized I have a lot of manifestation stories at that job. I have to do a story about, it's Verizon now, it was called AirTouch Cellular. 
show you how old I am. Air Touch Cellular? Yeah, before that it was called Cellular One. Oh, there's some folk remember up in here. How many Cellular One folks I got? That's when phones were the size of the iPad. Hello? <laughs> and then they start coming out with digital phones. Okay. But there was another lady on that job. And I know this is going to be hard. You know what she said? She said, uh, I, I mentioned something about working out. She said, oh, you work? This lady was dead serious, y'all. She said, you work out? I said, yeah. She said, oh, I didn't know Christians work out. She says, because I don't know any that are in shape. And that was appalling to her to hear us talk about a kingdom. I'm telling you, people, is that fair? No, but people make judgments. You keep telling them to join the other side, but how do you look? How do you sound? You know, you know what I'm saying? Is your marriage better than theirs? Do your children behave more than theirs? Better? You know what I'm saying? It's all those things that they look at. They don't care about the deep revelation. They don't care about that because they need a reason to come join you. Now, some are so broken, you can go right. Some come to the kingdom of God because you talk to them. Others come, through the, come to the kingdom of God because you got them healed. Others come to the kingdom of God because of the prosperity. And others come because God gave them a dream. I listened to a testimony of a lady. This is why you have to be important. Praying for evangelism. I'm off for a second. One lady, she had a dream. And in the dream, all she saw was the entrance to a church. She had no idea where it was. So she just got up, got dressed. She said, just stood out there in the driveway. She said, a church bus came past. She says, I'm going to just follow them. Follow the church bus. And when they got to the church... The church was the one of her dream. The Lord uses everything. So guess what? You need to be up on your stuff in every single area. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Let's get back. I said I was going to keep it on track. Pick one of the three. I met a lady. I'm sorry. <laughs> I met a lady who gave her life to Christ because she didn't know any Christians that had prosperity. And she was struggling because she really wanted to accept the Lord. But she, but she was like, man, I don't really want to give all my money away because what am I going to do? So as soon as she met another Christian that had money and she realized that God doesn't want you to give your money away to be a Christian, she accepted the Lord immediately. Okay, it's called signs. You know what? And, and let me tell you something. Regardless of what mistakes you have made in the past, you want to start carrying yourself in such a way where when you walk in the door of the restaurant, folk look. Who are they? Started to share that story about what happened to us, but I mean, I'd be always wise to share those stories like that, you know. I crack myself up just talking to my wife like y'all not even here. Pick one of the three methods you want to be healed. Two are sense knowledge and one is called revelation faith. Number one, sense knowledge. James 5, 14 through 18. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well, and if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. That's the first one you could pick. Do I want someone to anoint me with oil? Notice it didn't say anything about laying on the hands. It says anointing with oil. And see, today, unfortunately, we can't really do it the way that they did it back then. Because people would be offended about their hairstyle being messed up or their clothes being damaged. So we use a little dot. 
ding, dong, and put it on your forehead. And then people are already wiping it off until it gets on my collar. Back then, when they said anoint you with oil, you got on your knees and they poured a jar. And when you felt, it's called sense knowledge faith. Sense knowledge faith, which God allows, is I'm going to set my faith for when an event happens. I'm going to build myself up. And once I'm sure that I believe, now I want you to pour the oil, oh God, I want you to pour the oil on my head. And the person would feel all of that oil just running down and they would just be saturated and that thing would trigger and they would instantly get healed. So you pick that one, which is the oil. That doesn't have to be all of that, but you know, we take a little, we put it on your forehead. So that's one. The second one that you could pick from is Mark 16, 15. Then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and baptizes is saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast demons in my name. They'll speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be saved. So that's the second way. He said, place your hands on them. He didn't say knock them down. He said, place your hands on them. He didn't say shove their head into their, their spine. Never mind. That's all the drama that you, you're trying to conjure up something. You, place your hands on them. Okay? So guess what? You build yourself up and then you say, okay, I think I got it. I want you to lay hands on me. That's sense knowledge. Sense knowledge faith is your faith is triggered by something that you see or you feel. If I touch his garment, I shall be healed. If I see you lay hands on my daughter, she will rise up. That's sense knowledge faith. Lay hands on the sick. When they feel that, boom, that's the trigger because that's where their faith was. But you need to focus on one of those or the anointing on, okay? And it's okay to merge anointing with laying on hands. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? And let's give an example of those two before I do the third one. Mark 5, 25. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, not him. Her faith was in his garment, not him. Jesus. See, faith works wherever you put it. Whether it's a thing or a person. Verse 28, she said, if I touch his clothes, not him, if I touch his clothes, I shall be whole. It always responds to what you believe. And immediately, that's what straightway means, the immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Because he didn't know. Because Jesus didn't know everything. And his disciples said, you see this multitude thronging you or touching you. So why would you say, who touched me? Everybody touched me. He said, yeah, everybody has touched me, but when they touched me, they didn't have any faith. Something came out of me, so I know one of them did have it, but I don't know which one it is. It's crazy. And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, told him all the truth. He said unto her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. While he yet spake, there came one, a ruler of the synagogue's house, which said, Your daughter is dead. Why troubleth the master any further? I have mixed up my scriptures, y'all. Give me one second. 
Can I backtrack for a second? Let me give you all the story. And then in a moment, we're going to pick up with verse 35. I made a mistake in my notes. The full story is this. A man came to Jesus and said, if you lay hands on my daughter, she will live. Notice he said lay hands. He said, okay, I'll come. As he was headed to the man's house, this woman snuck up behind Jesus. And she said, the moment I touch his clothes, I'll be whole. So when you read the experience from all of the translations, all of the books of the Bible, all of the other gospels, I should say, it says that he turned around now. Now remember, he's headed in the direction to get another man's daughter healed. Now he's stopped by this woman who has demanded that he stop. Because she said, I'm going to use sense, knowledge, faith on him, and I'm going to touch his clothes. So when she touched his clothes, Jesus said, who did that? Because he felt power leave him. So as he's conversing with this woman and talking with her, how many you know? Her testimony is long and strong. Way back then, <laughs> she had to tell him about all of the doctors. Jesus listening to that. So while he's listening to this, this is what happens in verse 35. While he's yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, hey, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Only believe what? What you said. You said that if I lay hands on your daughter, she will live. What does it matter if she's dead? One of the rules of healing is when you start moving towards healing, it's going to get worse. And that's the sign that it's about to hit better. Verse 37. He allowed no man to follow him except Peter, James, and John. He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, see at the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make you this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, she's sleeping. Then they laughed him to scorn. That's why I don't pay attention to people crying at funerals. And they crying over this girl. As soon as Jesus said she was sleeping, they went from crying to laughing. So apparently you ain't that sorry that she's dead. But when he had put them all out, wait, see, let's start at verse 40. And they laughed him to scorn. That's a sermon about people being fake. But when he had put them all out, that's another sermon about how sometimes you need to get away from your family members and friends. He taketh father and mother of the damsel only, that's another revelation, and them that were with him, and entered where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. And immediately she got up and walked, for she was of the age of 12. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. Hey. So those are two examples of sense knowledge. People will be able to exercise their faith if they see you do something, if they can touch you, if they can touch something, if they can feel oil. So those are one of the two that you pick from, laying on of hands or the anointing oil. Here's the third one, which is my personal favorite, the one I like, because I don't like people touching on me like that, is revelation faith. Matthew 8, 5 through 10. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word. I don't need to see nothing. I don't need to touch nothing. I don't need to feel nothing. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go, come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and turning to those who were 
following him, he said, tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. You pick one of the three. Are you going to simply accept what the word says? Or are you going to put your faith in what the word says about the anointing oil? Or are you going to put your faith in what the word says about laying on of hands? How many of you know all three of the word? And there's that three again. Pick one. Put up that next graphic. Pick one. Laying on of hands. The anointing oil. Or revelation knowledge. Revelation is someone tells you something. You understand it. And you accepted it. And because you really accepted it, you get the manifestation as you speak. Or as you stand. This guy said, just say it. I'm on a different level. I don't need sense, knowledge, faith. Just say it. See, every Christian is actually supposed to be able to just read what God said, accept it, believe it, and then it manifests. But God knew that there would be so much confusion in the body of Christ as well as in the world. You would need, a, how, many you, how many are you glad that when it comes to some things, God allows other ways? even lower ways and weaker ways. He has more, more than one way. Anytime, it's only, and even when it comes to salvation, it's only one way through Jesus, but how you get saved. There's some people, they never did say the prayer. They accepted them in their heart. All three methods require you to build your faith. Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you pick one of the three, one of the three is your contact. Now, the laying on of hands, you're expecting to be healed when hands are laid upon you. The anointing oil, you are expecting to be healed when that oil hits your forehead. When it comes to revelation faith, you're simply, uh, you're simply reading it, studying it, and accepting it, and then confessing it, and then it manifests the moment it knows you believe. But all three methods require you to build your faith. So what you have to do is, this is very simple, you need to recognize the moment I gave my life to Christ is the day that sickness was supposed to be over. God wants me to be healed more than I want to be healed, all right? First thing. Second thing is, I need to face my fears, and I need to stop believing that this cancer is going to take me down to the ground, or this diabetes is going to kill me, and I won't be able to have a wonderful life. you got to face your fears. The second thing is, you have to determine which one of these do I want to focus on. One two or three. Once you make that decision, now I need to get in the word and I need to build my faith so that when it happens, I will be ready. You understand what I'm saying? All three methods require faith. And then you got to focus. Luke eleven thirty four. 34. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single in one place, right now the body of Christ is all over the place, God did not call you to experiment with this. Well, you know, I'm going to see what the doctor says today, and then I'm going to find another doctor. I think today is a good day for me to do some research on the internet about my sickness and disease. You know, I just saw an infomercial about alkaline water. I think I'm going to buy 60 gallons of that and drink myself close to drowning. You know what? I'm going to go out here and spend my money on all of these vegetables. What we find ourselves doing is just picking through a garden of confusion. I'm going to smell this rose today, and, and I'm going to try this over here. And because you're all over the place, no revelation comes for any one of them. The light of the body is the eye. If your eye is single, your whole body is also full of light. But when your eye is evil or all over the place, like wickedness is a twisting, your body also is full of darkness. Take heed that the light which is in you be not darkness. 
If your whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give light. Okay? So, y'all got that so far? We're just about done. Now, I might have went too fast with these books. Because I'm teaching you how to do this step by step. Again, recognize the sin and sickness to God. It's two twins. Both of them got to go. <laughs> I like that. Then you have to realize, okay, I'm going to have to face this. Stop being afraid of it. Let me tell you something. When you start getting in the word, you could have cancer, diabetes, lupus, AIDS. You could have everything that Jesus had on the cross. And you'll still be looking at it like that's all y'all got. But as long as you see that thing as a monster, as long as you see it as a mountain, you'll be afraid that this thing is going to crush you. You're going to have to face it. What did Jesus even say about a mountain? He said, if you tell that mountain to move and you really believe, he said, that thing got to get up. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Put up that next graphic. I showed you all some other books last weekend, and there's nothing wrong with those books. You should have a nice library. But these three right here. Arise and be healed by faith, O Eudipo. That's our mother. That's O Eudipo's wife. Arise and be healed. You can Google them on Amazon or whatever you got to do. Arise and be healed by faith, O Eudipo. There's an anointing on the first sentence. Don't read books too much by people who have not walked in what they are writing. If I try to write a book on real estate, you about to be dry and broke. Now, maybe my wife might have more of an anointing in the area, but how many know, if I write a book on the heavenly reward system, how many know that's in me? If Randall write a book on evangelism, how many you know, you're you about to get a bunch of, because that's in him. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And you got too many people writing stuff because they want to make money, not that they know what they're talking about. Because today, anybody can write a book. Got five people buying your book talking about you making a difference. God tells you to do something that's not one. It's not for one, it's for all. People keep blaming God on stuff. I didn't tell you to write that book. <laughs> Never mind. And then, you know what? Every once in a while, somebody will send me a book because they want me to peruse through it. Y'all, let me tell you something. Quit being raggedy. You know what I mean with that? I should not read your book and in the first sentence, I'm seeing typos, misspellings, miss, all that, okay? So I know, I, now I can speak well, trust me. If you ever see me in a real setting, y'all are like, how come you don't do it in the pulpit? Because I don't feel like it. I just like talking like Mr. Brown, using Ebonics, and it just, it's just wonderful. It just flows out of me and all that type of stuff, okay? But when my wife will tell you, when I write, I just write, and then I give it to her. I need you to proofread this, because I don't feel, I can proofread it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss a few things. And, and it takes too long for me to proofread. I give it to her. My wife can see five paragraphs at the same time. And within three seconds, she can see every mistake. I don't know if it's her, the way she's wired, if it's a gifting. <laughs> oh, your, your wife is the same way? Yeah. And, just, and you need that. I can do it myself, not me. Psh, I need you to. And I, she's like that. Steve, I got a couple. I got a few people at the church that are like that. And, and if you see typos on our stuff, you need to let us know. People see our stuff, every once in a while we make mistakes and people wouldn't tell us. Why? We thought you were going to angry. For what? Never mind. So arise and be healed by faith of Eudipo. She was close to death. 
is this important? I'm, I know I'm twirling around here a little bit, but let me come down here. She was close to death. I won't give you the reason why. When I say she was close to death, she was close to death. They couldn't even comb her hair. They would comb her hair. It would just come out. She's just laying there, and it was like she was at death, but death couldn't take her. Okay? And, and um, she was, they actually had her staying in America during this period of time. And, and Bishop was flying over to see her. And, um, and they had her staying in America, and there were certain ministers that Papa trusts take care of her in that regards. And he would fly over, and then, oh, you oppose you got to learn how to stand your ground, regardless of how you feel. Stand your ground. It doesn't matter. You don't have to speak negative just because you feel bad. Okay? And, 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 uh, and Oyedipo, he was there. Nobody could figure out. Some of this had to do with a curse. Nobody could figure it out. And so, as the story goes, you know, Oyedipo came here, and he had had enough. And he, they say he knelt down and said, Lord, even if you don't heal her, I will still love you more than her. And they said, he got up and walked out. I'm done with this. Your word is your word. I ain't going to keep on flying over here and all these people praying. And you either going to do it or she going to die. I'm done. Man, when you talk to God like that, he sits up on the throne. Did y'all hear what that man said? <laughs> go down there and somebody please go down there and kick the devil in his teeth. Okay, so, so she knows what she's talking about. So with Oedipo, I, I can't read his books as much, but I can listen to him teach all day. With her, that woman knows how to write a book. Her, man, I didn't, I didn't even know. I was her, that, Faith to be healed. The next guy, two of my favorite preachers are Oedipo and this guy. Most of you are unfamiliar with him, E.W. Kenyon. That man is still ahead of his time. He comes from the angle of when you become born again, you are no longer a man. You have stepped into God's class. And how dare a God be sick? The dude is a beast. They thought that man was crazy. Because he was, he, he comes, every angle he comes from is when you become born again, you are no longer human. You have stepped into the class of God. Now explain to me what power the devil is supposed to have over the one sitting on the throne and you his son. But he does it in such an eloquent and poetic way. His writings are some of the most beautiful writings, and they are the most in-depth. And you read each sentence carefully. What I'm telling you to do is you set which one you want to get healed. One of the three. Which one do you want to do? And then don't just jump. Go ahead and do it. No. Wait. I learned that from Justin Finest. He said it's better to let people build their faith and then wait until they're ready. No one knows that you're ready more than you. So if we could be called to call, don't just jump up here because you want somebody to smear you down, all that type of stuff. Because if you don't believe, you're going back back, which is grease. So, so what you do is, is that you get in the word and you read these books because there's an anointing on the people that already walk through it. Some of us have paid the price. Some of us haven't written books. Okay, but the ones who have, they paid the price for you to walk in the stuff. So you got to get those books and then you have to consume them. Most people get healed by the time they're done with the book. I don't suggest raggedy books, okay? That's why I don't suggest a whole lot of books because most of them raggedy. Just because somebody is saying something quoting some scripture doesn't mean anything. You ever read a book and you're just like, no, there's nothing on this right here. I, this is worse than taking a cold shower in the wintertime right here. This is, and, 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 and I, I'll buy the book. 
And, and if you haven't got, I could, you can usually tell a book within the first, the introduction or the first chapter. Well, Mama Faith's book, the introduction, and, but both of them, both of them, the introduction, like, yeah, I'm about to read this immediately. And then you have Kenneth Hagin, who's always been a master. Gen Kenneth Hagin is going to give you the mechanics of it. He's going to give you the mechanics. Mama Faith, she comes from the, the blood has provided this, you all. You need to understand this. She said, th she said this is crumbs to God for you to be healed. I mean, she come, and, and E.W. Kenyon, he comes from that whole Superman complex. Man, you must be crazy. I mean, he's, and you got to read it. The way he puts stuff together, it is just so poetic. And it just it makes you feel like a king, the way he puts words together. And Kenneth Hagin just comes from a, look, I'm a simple man down from the country. I ain't paying attention to another, another one of them. This is how you break it down. It's very, very simple. And his examples, and, and, and Kenneth, he talks like that too. He's, Kenneth Hagin will be talking like, you know, so if you, I'm going to lay hands on you, and, and after you really believe, go across the street. And, and, and he would always tell people after you laid hands on them, if you had stomach problems, go across the street and eat a steak dinner. If you really believe you, he'll go across the street and eat a steak dinner. And your boldness to go eat a steak dinner after the doctor told you not to eat a steak dinner, your action to go eat the steak proves that you believe. So you get healed on the way to the steak dinner. Kenneth Hagin wasn't talking all of that special vegetarian alkaline water and root and vegetables and herbs and tea tree oil and all that type of stuff. Man, he made a mockery of that stuff. Kenneth Hagin ate what he wanted to eat when he wanted to eat it. He was an overweight man too, had a belly and everything, died when he wanted to. He was trying to tell us, y'all, that's all fine and dandy. Yeah, if I slip down to a vegetarian diet and eat lean meats and take it off the fat, stay away from pork, absolutely, I'm going to be lean and I'm going to have more energy. And Ken Hagen walk like this. Preaching for three hours. Walk around like this. If he put his hand on you, he just go around. Now, like I was saying, like he was saying, five people just fell down. I know that. He was walking in spiritual power. And spiritual power holds physical matter in check, regardless of how slim or big you are. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, man. I lost my place. We are the end, I think. Yes. So, get those. That needs to be in your library. You need to consume them as fast as possible. Don't read religiously. You need to read, and they're going to make you think. And you're going to feel like a fool for staying sick. Whenever I need to feel like a fool, I'll read that type of stuff. And you need to feel like a fool. You need to feel like, you know, so, you know sometimes you need to just stand there and say, you know what? You read across the scripture and say, the Lord is on my side. And, and you read it, hallelujah. No, sometimes you need to say, the Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side, the, the one who is the ancient of days, the one who is the uncreated one. He never had a beginning or an end, and the Alpha and Omega. The Lord is on my side, and Jesus is on my side. The blood is on my side. The angels, the Holy Ghost, all of these angels are on my side, and I'm still sick? That's how you have to talk, not walking around, I need prayer. No, you don't need prayer. You need a kick in your behind. That's what you need. I'm serious, y'all. You got to be a warrior. That's why I like those warrior movies. No, I've seen warrior movies, and, and the guy got three arrows stuck in his chest and his forehead, and he's still swinging. 
I mean, there was a scene, Black Hawk Down, and there was a scene in Black Hawk Down, and this guy had so many bullets, and he just, he was in that helicopter, if you remember that scene. And them Africans were coming at him, and they were shooting him, and that dude just kept on popping. He just kept on, boom, boom, he just kept on, he just kept on, and they were riddling him with bullets, and he dropped to his knee. He fighting on one knee, then he dropped to both knees. Then they took off one of his hands, he switched to the other side. He just keep on shooting. At least take out as many demons as you can before you die. But this little pansy, uh, talking about you a son of God, y'all, sons of God's are lions. Amen. Amen. And that's what he said, even a sleeping lion will make you scared if you stumble upon it. You out there in the middle of the jungle, oh, this is so wonderful. Oh. <laughs> how, how many know there are no people in the room who says, you know what? He probably just relaxing. Let's just go over here and just, and just coddle him a little bit. You see these fools go on TV, running up the lines, giving them a hug. They don't usually last that long. You run up on that thing. Oh, y'all, this is not a drill. Go on back. Go on back. It's always somebody in the caravan that got to go investigate. Right? So, books. Last one. Is the word. Now I'm gonna just just I'm gonna just talk about the word for a moment to help you understand something. Someone sent me an excellent question Wednesday night. So I'm going to merge her question <laughs> with the word. If I decide because I gave them a homework assignment, read, you need to memorize the books of the Bible, and you need to have a personal goal to read through the Bible this year, preferably in six months. Or less. <gasps> Here you go. If I decided to read the Bible, this is an excellent question, from cover to cover, and there were things that I didn't understand or couldn't comprehend or I couldn't believe it right then, does just reading it still have a positive effect on my spirit anyway? I'm asking because sometimes when I read, there are things that I don't understand and I didn't know if because of that, my reading was in vain? How I many know that's an excellent question? Uh, that's one of the best questions I've ever gotten on the word. Okay? Now, as I answer this question, let me first bring up something. Put up that next graphic. The Bible is multiple things. These are just a few. The Bible is milk, meat, it is light, it is a sword, it is seed, and I'm going to focus on the last one for a moment. It is encoded. When she asked a question and I talked to her, my wife had just got these new juices. Um, some of that organic stuff can be trash, but this was some excellent stuff. And I don't know why I said that, but I just threw that in there. You know, not that I've had much organic stuff, but, but <laughs> I had too much information, don't I? So on the front of this bottle, all you could see was that the juice was green. So imagine the juice being the scriptures that you look at. But... On the back of the bottle, it tells you that it had, in that green stuff, were apples, um, pineapples, what else was in there, you remember? Mango, um, um, spinach, lemons. No, no, this is the bottle that I had. Y'all didn't see the bottle, would you? Okay. Um, what was else in the bottle? S something, Sprilona, yeah. So all of those were in the bottle. Let me ask you this. How many know? All of those things have wonderful benefits to the human body. 
They will work in your organs and, and keep them healthy and heal them and all of those things. Would you agree? Would you also agree that you don't have to know that? All you got to do is drink it. You understand what I'm saying? See, the enemy knows that the world is in. Imagine that I'm God and I have the ability to shrink myself into words. And when you consume those words, the more you consume them, the more you become like the one who shrunk himself. The word of God is not a natural book. It's not just the words, it's the substance. This stuff is encoded with stuff. I understand that you're not trying to read about someone's lineage all the way back to Adam, and he begat this person, and he begat that person, and he begat that person, and he begat that person. Never understanding that while you're reading that stuff, all you see is the green juice. You can't see the 15 things that's being encoded into your DNA. And see, that's why the Bible says the entrance of his word gives light. Because guess what? How many of you know? The banana is not what entered your cells. It was what the banana was carrying. Can you see the potassium? The orange didn't enter your cells. It was what you couldn't see. The orange is carrying something called vitamin C. Has anyone seen what vitamin C looks like? No, but can it get rid of a cold? Yes. So the thing that can get rid of the cold is the thing that is invisible. But you got to start with the thing that you can see. And it doesn't matter if you don't understand it. You just need to eat it. It don't matter if you don't like the way it tastes. Force yourself to eat it. I was just looking at the bottle of juice. And all I know is, is that it was green. And if you drank it, it just simply tastes like maybe apple juice. And it had a distinct taste that maybe you might say, oh, this must be what organic apple juice tastes like. Because it, it has a slight twang to it. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> crack me <bit> with that. <laughs> what it is about this leg. It's just like, oh. Never knowing that, the, literally, because I looked at the bottle, I just couldn't remember all of the things. Never knowing that the thing had 12 things in it. 12 different type of vegetables or fruit that all are for the purpose of getting your body to 100%. Had I never known what was in it and drank it, I would have still got the benefit. You understand what I'm saying? But how much more when you know what's in it, then maybe it'll encourage you to drink it more. You don't have to understand the whole Bible. Just start reading it. There are parts you will understand, parts you will not understand. And it is okay. Every once in a while, you get to a section of the Bible, and you're like, Jesus, I can't hang. <laughs> we got to go to the next chapter here. It's okay to do that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You read the Bible, and God is upset now because you skipped a chapter. That was always looking for a way to condemn you. But that's the power of the word, is that's why the devil keeps you out of it, because he knows it's not the words. He knows it's what the words are carrying. And when you open that thing, that thing is not a natural book. You can't see all of the realms. You can't see the link to the invisible dimension that that thing is kicked into, that is hooked into. That then when you open it up, there's something that flows through that iPad, flows through those pages. You can't see that. And it's very intelligent. 
Everything that God created has some type of life form about it. It's smarter than you. It's not even human, and it's still smarter than you. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive. I want you to think about that. Every time you open up that word, instantly what kicks in, something is pouring in you that's alive. Well, if it's alive, what is, it doing? what is it doing when it's entering you? You know what I'm saying? It's giving you, my wife said, it's giving you life. And well, you know what it's doing? Well, let's read the whole thing. It's alive and powerful. It's two different things. Just because you're alive don't mean you have no power. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul, which is the mind, will, and the emotions, it cuts between spirit, which is the real you that houses the emotions, and between joint and marrow, which is the physical body. There's that three again. And it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So when you open up the word, there's something that activates. The same way that you can hold that seed in your hand all day long if you want to. And you can set it on the cement if you want to. And you can put it in a jar of water if you want to. And you can put it in anything. But as soon, what is it mysterious that when you put the seed in the ground? What, I mean, what's in the ground? When you put the seed in the ground, and because of some things that God said, when you put the seed in the ground, the invisible kicks on. And you can't see the invisible. But it makes that seed begin to blossom into a great tree. What is it about bamboo? You put bamboo seed in the ground, and it stays in the ground for up to six years, y'all. And you think you have no results. And they said in the seventh year, they said the thing grows as tall as this building in just a few days. Not weeks or months. Go look up a bamboo tree. That's very mysterious. Why did it sit there for six years? Because of what God said. And so this, unfortunately, the Bible, people see it as a, as a, as a go-to formula when they feel bad. Well, you know what? I committed the crime. Let me read a few scriptures to see if I can get my mind right. No. This thing turns you into God. And the more you get in it, now what happens, you got to stay in it on the subject of healing. You got to stay in it. You got to pull out all those healing scriptures. I made it easy. If you go on our website, lionheartchurch.org, go to the resources tab. And you will see a resource, a sub-tab that says healing scriptures. You can download them or copy or paste. I made it easy. I put a lot of the scriptures, but I didn't put the stories. You need to add the stories to that. Go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels, and look for every story where Jesus healed, and you're going to see revelations, insight, and secret, and your mind is going to open. And it's the word, and that word enters you, and because it's alive, it knows how to take dead stuff out of you. Living foods get rid of the dead. Always remember that. Hey. And, I, and, and always remember this. Most people don't know this. Look this up. Lions don't eat dead stuff. I ain't talking about spiritual either. Real lions that don't eat dead stuff. It's living. They killed it. They do not eat dead stuff. They eat. Never mind. John 8, 31. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, you'll become my disciples, or you are my disciples. You'll come to the place where you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Notice it said make. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it shall be granted. So let's go over this before we go over this last scripture. One, recognize 
that there is no scripture in the Bible where God wants you to be sick for any reason, period. Even sin is not a, let me tell you something, God. Sin and sickness are so close together that God, Jesus, would heal people of their sickness and then tell them to stop sinning. They one and the same. You're free from sin, you, you, then you can't be sick. Okay, well, we're going to heal you first because you can't be sick, but now you got to stop sinning. The two go hand in hand. When you know that you're living right, it is illegal for you to be sick. And you got to demand that. You got to walk around with an attitude. Sometimes you got to recognize you all that you live in the body. It's no different than it's the real me and this big building. I want you to imagine that this big building has in it a bunch of stuff that has no business in it. All these wonderful sound panels on the wall. Imagine if they're rotted and you just get mad. Look at this nasty stuff. And what do you do? You start snatching those panels. Most people clean up angry. This has been a long time. And oh man, how many people do I have in here? You clean up when you get mad. Yeah, I'm seeing. Look at them. They, they, that ancient. They, yeah. So think about the attitude you have when you're cleaning up. You're mad, and so you feel like you need to put things in order. That's the same, y'all. You gotta fight against this stuff. This thing is a killer. It has the nature of Satan. And if you just leave that thing in your body, it's your body. It's not you. You're in that body and you're telling that body, reject this thing. I am who I am. You can't be sick, body. You got to leave. You got to speak to sickness and disease. You got to curse it. Y'all remember, uh, remember the story I told y'all about uh, TBN? You have to say that because of the new people. TBN, they had this prostitute on there live. She was sick. They was praying and hemming and hawing. And so then they got religious on her and they said, oh, just curse the thing. <laughs> you bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> they lifted that button off. You can go to bleep, 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 bleep. You bleep, bleep, bleep. I mean, this girl, when I tell you this girl cussed that sickness and disease out. And while you were judging her, she got healed. Because God wasn't listening to what she was saying. He was listening to what she meant. She obeyed the simple order and did it wrong, but God made it right. She didn't know nothing about that. Oh, you meant religiously cussed them out. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like cussed them out. And you know why she got healed? Because she believed that crap. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It was her belief. It wasn't a word. It wasn't even the fact that she was cussing. It was the fact that she believed what they said. This is some good stuff. Hey, so lastly, it's in the same category. Face your fears. And the best way to face your fears is say, worst thing can happen is I die and go to heaven. So I got something I need to prove. Okay, you do that, you pick, do I want to build my faith and then in a few days have hands laid upon me, anointing of oil, or do I want to just stay in the word until my eyes open? And when your eyes open, no man doubts what he sees. And once you it can be reading a book, it can be in the word. You got to do this day in, day out for hours. And when you do it that way, it does not take that long. Because the healing is already there. The problem is, your faith isn't. 
So you got to develop your mind. You got to make your mind new again so you can understand new things. So you do all of that. And then while you're in the word and while you're reading those books, here's your spiritual disposition and mindset. Last scripture, Romans 4.18. This is what Abraham did when God told him something crazy. You're going to have a baby at the age of 100. What? And, and, and the angel told Abraham he's going to have a baby at the age of 100. And it says Sarah was hiding in the tent listening. And I don't know why the Bible says this. It says that Sarah started laughing. And then the angel said, why are you laughing? She said, I wasn't laughing. He said, yes, you were. <laughs> why y'all put that in there? <laughs> it's just... That just always baffled me. You know what I'm saying? This, they going back, she going back and forth lying to an angel. Here you were laughing. I don't know if they were trying to show us their humanity side or what. I don't know. So, you know, and you, let me say, oh, God, let me get a towel for this one. Abraham, Abraham's wife did the same thing that some people do when in their mind the healing hasn't come that fast. And it usually didn't come that fast because you weren't being diligent to do your part. God tells Abraham, you're, 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 you're 100. And how old is his wife? 90. And, and oh, Father. Lord, just be squeezing stuff in. I need you to say this one. And you remember what Sarah said? And when the angel said, you're going to have a baby. And she said, oh, not so. Am I going to have pleasure in my old age? Would we'll let you know that God created sex between married couples for pleasure. Oh, Father. Here y'all go. Plan too much. Probably one of the worst things I ever heard is a man who couldn't make love to his wife unless he was listening to his pastor preach. Yeah, both Jesus and the devil was like, what? <laughs> The Bible says there is great freedom in that area between a married couple. It says the marriage bed is undefiled. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. Y'all trying to make me go there? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> trying to kind of remember where I was. Y'all could be trying to trick me right now. What was I talking about? Thank you, Abraham and Sarah. And, and so, watch this. God said, this is how it's supposed to happen. And Sarah, because she didn't believe that, she came up with another way. The same way that people don't believe that what the Bible says about healing is not supposed to happen. So you start looking for alternatives like herbs and vegetation and alkaline water and organic juices. It's not anything wrong with those, except for the fact that if you want perfection, Without a side effect and no money, do it God's way. So she said, no, nah, that can't really be what God meant. What he really meant is that you're supposed to go and sleep with one of my servants. And what did Abraham say? Did he say, no, I'm a righteous man of God. You don't understand, woman. God said in his word that it's going to be you. How dare you come up with this cockamamie mess about I'm supposed to sleep with one of these young girls. You must be crazy. Do you realize God would be looking at me after he gave me this word? Abraham didn't say that. The next scripture says, Abraham, listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and 
And that one decision created something called the Arab race today. A whole nation of people. Okay? And God said, because you did it, he said, those two, he said, he said, those two sons are going to be fighting each other forever. And every time you read about an incident going on in the Middle East, it's because of what Abraham did. Your sins take you much further than you will ever imagine. So we'll pick it up. But then how many know that God is merciful? They made a grandiose mistake. And God said, because you made a mistake did not stop my original word. So when Abraham got it together, it says, even where there was no reason for hope in verse 18, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his own body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew. Your faith cannot grow unless you consume yourself in the word and let that invisible stuff recode your DNA. His faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was, here it is, fully, not partly, not almost there. You got to be full. When you fully confess, you'll stop confessing the word. When you're fully convinced, you won't even give God praise. When you're fully convinced, you'll just drop the book and walk and say, there it is right there, I'm out. When you're fully convinced. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded. But it was for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So you build your faith, and then when you believe, pick one of the three. It's as simple as that. And as soon as a doubt comes to your mind, guess what people do? They're going to jump into something else. Stay there. If you water the grass in the same spot, it will eventually begin to flood. If you go to the gym and only work out the left arm, it will eventually become bigger than the entire body. Whatever you leave your focus and you stay there, it consumes you and you become what you keep looking at. You will become what you keep living in. You just got to stay there and let this stuff soak on the inside of you and not do it religiously five minutes before you're walking out the door. You got to live in this thing. And you got to say, I'll be here until it disappears. And then you let it renew your mind, making your mind new again. So that's the process. Recognize that God wants you to be healed faster than you do but he cannot break spiritual law. Jesus provided healing on the cross. And then he says, you can pick from one of the three, whatever you like. He says, do you need to see something? <laughs> do you need to touch something? Do you want someone to lay hands on you? Do you want anointing oil? Or do you want to just spend enough time in the word where your eyes begin to open? And when your eyes open, your heart opens. And when your heart opens, faith is automatic. Right now, everyone's trying to exercise faith. They're trying to believe. 
They're trying to do it. When you're trying to do it, that's just unbelief trying to tap into a realm that it's not qualified for yet. You're trying to believe. That's not belief. Belief is automatic when you understand. Okay? As I said, the Holy Spirit's job is to turn scriptures into pictures. And no man doubts what he sees. You're looking at it, but you can't see it. It's, 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 there's like these blinders on your eyes. You're looking at it, but you can't believe it. So you got to keep on looking at it until what you're looking at is so alive, it begins to remove the blinders. It begins to adjust the mind. You'll read, oh, I never saw that before. You'll be reading, and then you'll just stop. You'll get to thinking. Does that mean what I think it means? And you'll keep on reading, and you'll keep on reading. Never realizing that as long as you're reading, it's an invisible life force coming through this thing, going into your body, and it's alive, and it's going throughout your cells and throughout your mind disconnecting, removing thoughts. This is what your grandmother told you. This is what the preacher told you. That's what you saw with the healing evangelist on TV. This is what the devil told you. And all you're spending time in the Word is correcting. And the more it's correcting, your faith is starting to grow. Faith is starting to grow. Then it begins to affect your belief. And once you own full, that's when it's switch. Boom. Just like that. When you read those scriptures in the Bible, how you have leprosy and it just disappears in front of everybody just like that. Flip. Because it's all, always remember this, the power to heal you is always right next to you, waiting like a patient servant. Just waiting. And I wait for 90 years. That thing will wait for 90 years. I can't do it if you don't believe. That's the one law. God loves you more than you love yourself. But if you don't do your part to build your faith and stay stuck only on healing scriptures, don't read nothing else, don't study nothing else, don't look at nothing else. How long do I do it? Do it until you know something has happened. Did you notice in scripture that every single person that got healed, they knew? You remember the woman with the issue of blood? When she touched his garment, something happened. She knew on the inside. She knew. She didn't have a telescope. <laughs> I keep calling it a telescope. She didn't have an x-ray machine to see on the inside of the body. How many know? When you know, you know. You know. And that's what you got to do. And you just stay there. And, but, but it can't be that simple. It's that simple. That's how everything else works. If you just stay in the gym, that's how you get in shape. It's, it's amazing. If you just put the pot on the stove and just keep the fire on and just leave it there, it's impossible for the water not to boil. You got to put it there and you got to keep it there. But see, your greatest problem is not going to be being in a word. Your greatest problem is going to be staying there. Because when you get in it, like I said, the devil never wants you to learn this one time. You learn it one time, you'll learn it for all time. So you're going to get in it, you're going to hear a voice. You know you want to watch that movie. You've been waiting on that movie to come out for three months. Go and watch it. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and watch it, and then I'm going to get back to the Word. And then you watch it, and while you were watching it, you didn't realize that your flesh was becoming stronger. And the flesh will fight whatever you're trying to do to produce life. It's very simple. Okay? I've seen, legs, I've seen all type of stuff. I told you about my wife's testimony, others, many different testimonies. You have to stay there. There's nothing that you can continually do on purpose and not get a result. It's very simple. God wants to heal you. He's waiting on you. I told my wife the example yesterday. You know, in our circles that we came from, they used to have this thing of just believed in the finished work of God. That sounds religious, but what does that mean? You know, and it's very, very simple. My wife says, Otha, if you get the ingredients, I'll make the cake. 
guess what I got to do? I got to get the ingredients. How many of you know? Once I've gotten the ingredients, I've finished my work. Now you got to bake the cake. So when it comes to healing, that's what it means by his work is finished. He already provided everything for you to do your part. You got to do your part. But you have to face death in order to do it. Let's go ahead and stand. Now, before we close, the things that I have shared with you, it's a package. The teaching was one piece. If you do the teaching and get particularly those first two books and you stay in the word, it'll become impossible for you to not get this quickly. Again, you can get it at any moment. The only thing that prevents it, you all, is faith. It's the one thing that God just won't bypass. If your faith does not please him, you simply will not get it. God, he set that up as a spiritual law. You know, faith is itself. It's a force that, it's a, it's a bridge that connects you to power, that enables you to become what you believe. I mean, you got to, and, 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 but right now people are just, they just keep the faith. and You just got to be in faith. And people say, yes, but in their heart, what does that mean? And that's so frustrating to keep reading the scriptures and you don't know how to make it show up in your life. That's very frustrating. So you give up. And that's why so many people try alternatives. Because I'm telling you, I've had to face death in order to do this. And the mistakes that I made, I learned prosperity by losing stuff. That's what a servant does. I mean, we've lost houses, we've lost cars, we've lost money. I've made stupid mistakes. And the Lord allowed those things because he knew one day I would get up and I would share that with people so that they wouldn't have to make the same mistakes. I know what it feels like. My wife got hit with something. She doesn't mind me sharing this. My wife got hit because guess what? She got hit first time. And so the devil, what he does is he shifts on you. So he came another way. I realize now that he was trying to take her out because of the gifting that was on her life. You think it's about sickness and disease. No, it's about trying to prevent you from becoming a God king. I remember the second time. You remember the second time, her, 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 her belief was very, very shaky. She was going to run out there and just go to the doctor. And I'm not saying that would have been a bad thing, but I said, no. I said, this is how you do it. I said, you're afraid. She faced the serpent. I said, it's simple. You're afraid. And she says, okay, you're right. I've been afraid. Trust me. I've been afraid multiple times. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to do it afraid. Lisa shared that prophecy to many people. You got to do it afraid. And so I just, we were just sharing and sharing. And she says, okay. She got herself together. Boom. All right. Boom. Got back in the word. What was it? Three days you took uh, two or three days? We can't remember when had so much stuff happen. It was like two or three days. Boom. And what for her, guess how it happened? She got back in the word. We were at a church conference a few days later. And a lady that we did not know, this is a 5,000 seat arena, stops the whole meeting. There's a woman in here right now. This is what just happened to you. My wife ran down front. She was the only one. Laid, lands on her, laid hands on her. She says, when you go back, it will not be the same report. And that's exactly what happened. What did she do? She built her faith. And the Lord decided to heal her through sense knowledge. I'm going to let someone call you out and touch you. Sense knowledge faith. Okay. Touching. Anointing of oil. Or you spend time in the word. And you get to the place where like that one guy said, I ain't got to see nothing. I just got it, Jesus. And when you say that, whatever's there says, got to go. It just disappears out your body. My, my, 
previous pastor, he gave a testimony and a lump showed up. Quit trying to research stuff all the time. Your authority over sickness and disease is not based on education. It's based on revelation. I don't need to know what it is. I just don't like you, so you got to go. Jesus cursed a fig tree because, because it didn't have any figs. But the Bible says that it wasn't the time of year to have figs. He cursed it because he wanted to. That is the dominion that he gave us over this planet. I don't like this tree, and I don't feel you pulling up. Duh! Here you go, looking up research about what lumps under the arm mean. Not this man. He said he just got in the shower and used the power of words. He got in the shower, and he said every time he took a shower, he lifted his hand, spoke to this thing. You don't belong here. I curse you in the name of Jesus and command you to disappear and drop off. Finish. Boom. Next day, you don't belong here. I said, I curse you in the name of Jesus, command you to disappear and drop off. What's this day? Took a shower again that evening. I said, you don't belong here. See, some sickness is like a wild animal. You don't listen at first. They're like squirrels and cats and birds and dogs and roaches. You know what I'm saying? So he kept doing that and he said, one day he lifted his arm and, oh, I see you listen. Should have did it the first time. Gone. Not because he researched, but because he believed and exercised who he really was. And they don't like that on social media when I said that we are God kings. If you don't like it, then throw your Bible in the trash and go join the church of Satan, where they are slaves to the dark side. Hey, so lift your hands. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Thank you for the divine formulas. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for pulling us back into the pool of simplicity. Thank you, O oh Lord God. You warned us not to be moved away from the simplicity that's in Christ. So I thank you, O oh Lord God, for doing this. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for the gift of healing being and moving in and amongst us. Thank you, O oh Lord God. And in Jesus' name, I speak to every person that is here. I speak to every person that is watching us online. And I ask, O oh Lord God, for the healing anointing, O oh Father God, to flow in their bodies right now. Holy Spirit, move through their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Just lift your hands. Thank God. O oh, Eudipo said he got it. When he realized the scripture says Jesus took my infirmities, he said he put his hands down and used his imagination to see Jesus walking up to him, reaching in his body, taking up the sickness and disease. He envisioned it. Thank you, O Father. He envisioned it. And he said he was healed at that moment. Now, if you want someone next to you to lay hands on you, just tap him on the shoulder and ask him to lay hands on you. Put your faith in that if that's what you need. Thank you, O Lord God speak to every sickness and disease we speak to every organ that is bad and we ask for a replacement right now bad hearts bad livers bad stomachs messed up minds brain damage ear damage eye damage taste buds in the name of jesus christ spleens pancreas thank you father god for dropping new organs on the inside of the people here dropping new organs on the inside of the individuals, oh Lord God, that are watching us online. 
I command every sickness and disease to leave these bodies. You have no legal right to be in the bodies of the sons of the Most High King, Jesus Christ, the King of all kings and the Lord of lords who provided healing for us. Thank you, O Lord God, for this. I thank God that sickness and disease is extinct in your life. It's a thing of the past. Thank you, O Lord God, that this group will live in divine healing. We will fulfill the remainder of our days with divine health and energy, O Lord God, sickness-free. Thank you, O Lord God, for doing this. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Say this last thing about something I'm going to teach Wednesday. Wednesday I'll teach the other side. Those who walk in the power of it to constantly heal. Kenneth Hagin, everybody that we know about in the past is all declared. They said in the last days, they said there would be a healing move that would happen that would scare the planet. And they said it would not be the preachers, it would be the people. To teach you how to be able to, how to prepare for that, how to flow in that, I'll probably teach on that Wednesday night. Well, what is it that came out of Jesus and how you can develop that? Okay, we can shake a person's hand and they just get healed by you shaking their hand. That's called the gifts of healing. It gets more into that category. Okay. Hallelujah. How many of you glad you came to church today? Okay, I tried to keep it simple a little bit and I know it was a little bit longer, but that's okay. Because y'all, this is stuff that's going to save your life. There are things headed our way from the dark side. No medication will be able to solve it. There is no fruit. There is no vegetable. There is no herb. There is no water except for the water of life. And it will be a judgment against those who refuse to believe the word of God. And it's only God's mercy that will keep certain individuals. There are things that are coming. I'm letting you know that there are things that are coming. And when they come, we're supposed to open our front door. Come on in. We've been waiting on you for a while. That's how it's supposed to be. Hey. Hallelujah. Let me just make these couple of announcements before we uh, let you go. We want to just thank you with our online audience again. We'll be doing some things in regards to pulling you in deeper and deeper uh, in that regards. But we just want to thank you for joining us on today. And you all have a blessed day. And uh, we will uh, cut off the live feed right now. Um, does anyone here that will